you already breaking. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, oh, he said, got it, record. I can see it now. It says recorded in the corner. <laughs> yeah, see, no sneaky. <laughs> um, anyway, <laughs> hello, I have the lovely Jess with me. A good morning to you from Australia. And um, would you like to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, sure. Um, I'm just going to preface this by saying we've been talking for two and a half hours before this. So I feel, <laughs> I feel like I've forgotten how I've forgotten who I am. I'm like, I'm having a coffee with a friend. What do you mean? Um, so hi, my name is Jess, Jess Kitchen. Um, I'm originally from Bradford in the north of England, hence the accent, but I'm currently living in Sydney at the minute with my fiance Jack. Um, and I'm a thriller author. My debut book, The Girl She Was Before, came out on the 31st of October last year. And I'm working on book two now, which is very exciting. I've been signed for a three book deal. So there's more to come, but not more of a, more of a, the same book. It's a different book, like three standalones. Uh, did you always know that you wanted to be a writer? Yeah, I was that, you know, that kid that was always reading, always writing stories and just very much like head in a book. That was always me. Um, but I was also actually quite shy about writing, um, especially as I grew older. I didn't want to tell people that I wrote I used to think oh they'll laugh at me although they'll think it's rubbish so to actually get to a point where you put a book out there it's been a long journey but it's something I've always known that I've wanted to do what made you take the plunge and finally go for it um it sounds a bit a bit dramatic but moving to Australia I my two goals in life were to write a book and get it published and try live in Australia at some point um so when we moved I was a little bit like Oh, I've done that I've done that and it like it, it's gone well it was okay um, and then also kind of just chatting with my partner and he was like well, well why not like what's what's stopping you and I was like actually the thing that's stopping me trying is myself so I think just that confidence of actually doing something really big and it going well and being like why not try this then um, and when you finally sat down and started to write uh, what did you find more difficult than you expected and what did you find easier than you expected I found writing the book was easier. Editing the book was harder. I'm that person that when it's time for edits, I'm in the edit stage now. I'll be like, anybody want to do anything? Walk around? Anything that's not sit and edit this book? <laughs> that's 100% me. <laughs> yeah, that's all authors. Procrastination kicked into <laughs> Yeah, it's nice to know I'm not alone. I feel like I'll just be like, this looks a fun thing to do today and Jack's like don't you have edits maybe maybe <laughs> yeah writers have the cleanest houses and the most organized bookcases and whatever because they'd rather do that than edit yeah I know I've heard <laughs> <laughs> I mean I don't I guess I don't fall into the cleanest houses category I had some washing on the bed and I just kind of threw it on the floor before this car because I was like well no one will know so behind the bed there's just a pile of laundry <laughs> So common, so you're fine. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, what made you decide to write sort of thrillers? Uh, well, the, the genre I like reading the most, um, and I had the idea for my book, and I feel like it just oh, I had I had an idea of how I wanted a book I wrote to end. It's very hard to talk about this without spoiling the end. I'm like, don't do it. But I had an idea for the ending. And it just, it's an ending that lends itself to thrillers. And like I say, it's the genre I like the most, the genre I read the most. So I felt like it was a bit of a natural progression in that way. How would you consider writing in any other genres? I'd quite like to do, um, you know, like maybe a, 
contemporary style, um, maybe like a relationship or character exploration novel where it's a bit more character led. But I don't think that that's like years away. I'd rather, I think I'd actually rather try write like scripts or something or a TV show. But I feel like at the minute, my focus is definitely thriller books. I just enjoy like writing twists and, you know, dark characters. <laughs> um, out of the two books that you've written, um, what was your most fun scene to write and what was your most difficult? Obviously, if you can tell us without spoilers. Yeah, you know, you're like, Ooh. try not to spoil it. Um, my most fun scene to write it's going to be very hard to talk about because it was the end of my book um the end I was like because I knew I wanted to write it in a certain way and I knew it was either going to be um people were either going to love it or people wouldn't because it's quite unexpected and it was nerve quite nerve-wracking writing it but it's just such a fun scene to write kind of like the the warped ending <laughs> was a nice thing to write um and then the most nerve-wracking ones because bullying's a really heavy um heavy theme in the first book the most kind of difficult scenes to write were bullying scenes just because you have to tap into a lot of experiences or emotions and they're always really difficult to relive I'd say. Um, if you were able to take out one character for a meal who would you choose and what would you ask them? Ooh, from any book or from my book? Yeah if you, well it's up to you or both. I'm like, oh, I don't know. I don't know. I might have to pick my book just because my mind's suddenly gone blank of any other book, <laughs> any other character. It's like, I don't know what's happened. Um, in my book, I'd probably like to take, there's a character called Sonena and I, I borrowed the name from a friend and she's just my favourite character in the book. Um, I just like to take her out and then see if she was anything like the real life Sonena. I didn't write her to be like her, but you know, we like, I wonder if you would be. I wonder if there'd be traits that I just didn't invent. <laughs> I love that because you, you wrote it and it's always like, I wonder. It's like, well, you wrote it. So, you know, you should know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I guess if we went for a meal, I wouldn't be pulling the strings anymore. I wouldn't be telling her what to say. Then I'd be like, oh, that's not the scenario I know, but sure. <laughs> um, do you hide any secret jokes or messages in your books? Yes. Yeah. I, I would say I wouldn't say secret jokes, but I feel like there's clues. Of, yeah, obviously clues peppered throughout, and then there's like decoy clues and stuff. So I always find it really interesting when people have finished the book and then they'll message me and go, Oh, like this this bit makes sense now. And then I'll be like, Did you pick up on this line? And then you'll have this channel like, oh my god, I'm like, yeah, that was a clue. <laughs> so I love those bits where you go back and you can kind of have that analysis of it once you've got to the end yeah I had that conversation with someone and they asked if I'd spotted something I'm like no I didn't and then I went back and I'm like oh yeah and it's like maybe it's too subtle I'm like no I just I was just reading I didn't spot it at all so yes I love that it's cool <laughs> it's nice though like I really like the subtle ones because there's some that are quite out there and then some that are subtle but people are actually really good at picking up the subtle ones and then it's the ones that are like bam <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, that was a clue. <laughs> um, one of my favourite questions. Um, if you were to be a fictional murderer, how would you kill your victims? Oh, see, I feel like if I was a fictional murderer, I don't think I've got it in me to be one of those really like 
well thought out planned ones my my fictional murder would just be I don't know I was really stressed or freaked out one day accidentally killed someone and then the whole book is just me being like what do I do that's definitely more my murder style (laughs) hello and I love this question because not one person has gone oh I don't know I never thought about it so everyone's like yep I know exactly how I would do it I was like okay (laughs) I think it's especially when you write like crime books and thrillers and stuff because you've got to think about like a bit sneaky or a bit this but then you obviously bring yourself you're like I would not be even this well planned this well prepared I don't I'm sure there are some people that are really cool about it I'm like no I'm an accidental murderer (laughs) yeah one of my favorite answers was just um just walking along and just push someone over a cliff and like yeah okay nice neat tidy no blood and gore just no. <laughs> um, okay I do feel like as a person this uh, this is a strange thing to admit but you know when you walk on either like a bridge or something I, there's always this impulse where I'm like what if I did just either push them away if I did just go and it's an awful thought and you're like I never would but it's just this bit where you're like what if what if I'm like maybe that's the start of a story just someone that likes to walk on bridges and people yeah yeah I think there's a name for that actually I think everyone has that which is nice to know because yeah <laughs> um yeah some must be some caveman thing or something I don't know but yeah it's very odd <laughs> it's just an awful thought isn't it you, it comes in your head and you're like I'm a nice person <laughs> what the hell yeah very freaky yeah um, and if you were to be fictionally murdered, who would you want to solve your case? Oh, oh, that is a good question. I feel like it's this might be a cop out answer, but I feel like if I'd like if it was going to be fictionally murdered, I'd like to be murdered in a Lisa Jewell book, if that makes sense. So I don't have a specific character, but I feel like a Lisa Jewell would be a good author to kind of. I like that she always puts an extra twist and stuff at the end. I feel like she'd make it a really good murder for me. I'd have died in a really interesting way <laughs> and there'd be a good twist at the end. I love right, um, asking that of um, especially um, writers that write series because they never pick their own. Hardly mm. two. I think of all the people I've asked that question, two people have picked their own detectives. Like, does that yeah, say I would for your detectives? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I feel like I definitely would have picked mine. Maybe Detective Stone, she's quite nice, but still, I'm not sure I'd pick mine. <laughs> yeah, I know Sherlock Holmes has been a popular choice, unsurprisingly, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, no, I want Lisa Joel to murder me in a book. <laughs> you never know, she may very well do that. Yeah, I'll try, I'll try, I'll send her this interview and be like, hey, you need a character. <laughs> Weirdly, I've been included as a character in three books, and two of those I've been sex mad, and I don't know why. I bet you were like, thank you. <laughs> so flattered though at the same time. I don't know. I mean, the first time was funny and I knew, and the second time I was like, what the fuck? It's good that you Yeah. But I mean, you're a fictional character now. How cool is that? awesome I love it it's the best thing ever yeah you live on in the pages forever I always think that's a really cool feeling yeah even if I am a um, sex mad politician that takes boys to my hotel room (laughs) I mean there are worse politicians to be (laughs) this is very true (laughs) 
<laughs> it was a fantastic book as well, actually. So yeah, it's fine. Oh, I need to chase him actually. He promised me a signed copy. But, yeah, anyway, that's beside the point. You'll have to sign it as well yourself because you are famous in the book. Do you know, like you are a fictional character. It'll be double signed. I think it came out on my birthday as well, which is really odd. So yeah, it's like extra special. That is so yeah. special. I love it. Yeah, it was cool. Um, since you first decided to start writing, what's been your absolute highlight? Oh, this is going to sound really cheesy, but I genuinely mean it. It's like meeting readers or talking to people, like doing things like this. It's just, there's no feeling like, no feeling like talking to people that enjoy books. Not even necessarily like my book, um, just people that, yeah, just talking to other readers. It's obviously nice when people, you know, you can chat about your book and they ask you questions and stuff. But yeah, just meeting readers. Um, we said in our two and a half hour conversation before that like the reading community is just so lovely everyone's just so nice and not okay not everyone can like your book or some people love it and they're like I'm your biggest fan which is a lovely but strange feeling um but it's just such a welcoming nice place and I really appreciate being included and being a part of that so yeah for someone that I was so insecure and so worried about this first book coming out, you know, you're like, everyone's going to hate me. Everyone's going to hate this. So for actually people to take the time to message you, I want to speak to you. It's just, it's so lovely. Have you made lots of author friends since you started writing? I think, I think so. I hope so. I've definitely made lots of reader friends. Um, I speak a lot to Elle Croft. Um, she did my book launch with me, my virtual book launch, because it was in COVID, so we couldn't do it. And she's just so lovely, like, one of the kindest people um and it's nice it's nice to talk to other authors because they get those kind of like feelings of fear or you know that imposter syndrome it's just nice to talk to someone that gets it yeah absolutely and if you're able to spend a day with any author dead or alive who would you like to spend a day with oh this is a weird answer for a thriller author but Jacqueline Wilson when I was younger Jacqueline Wilson was my idol absolute idol um I went to see her at, uh, she did a talk in Ilkley and my primary school teacher took me took me and my mum and I got to go I got to meet her she signed my book and it was just the best day ever and I used to love that she all her books were obviously kids books but they tackled such such difficult issues like if you think like Tracy Beaker you know she's growing up in care she's like missing her mum there's such hard subjects but she tackles them with such like sensitivity and humor and such care and even though it's not the genre I write in I feel like I never want to be someone that shies away from really hard topics um so like my first book's about extreme bullying and things like that and it's that bit where you know you yeah I just think I learned so much from as a kid from her and how she writes and what kind of things she dares to go for in her books yeah I feel I think I missed um, her I think um I had the worst witch books and Endpoint horror and Adrian Mole and I think I sort of bypassed that so I feel kind of robbed really because I've heard so many good things but never read any I feel like even if you read obviously it's not quite the same reading them as an, an adult as it is when you're a kid <laughs> but they're still they're still they're still powerful I think that's what's the you know I think sometimes like young adult books and stuff, people kind of go, they're for children. They're not like, they're so powerful. There's so many things in children's stories and they're just incredible. Like anyone that can write full stops amazing, but I feel like to write a children's story or a young adult is, is such a task. And I feel like she just, just did it so well. Like even now to be 28 and being like, oh, the one writer in the world, 
I'd love to meet is her. Oh, Gillian Flynn is a thriller author. I'll throw that one in there just because Gone Girl. I know it's I know it's the book, but I was like, that twist. I remember reading it and being like, somebody read this book. I need to talk to somebody. No, I hate that. When when you've read something and no one else has read it, you're like, come on, I need to talk to anyone, anyone, please. And you're like, take it, somebody, read it, read it, and just yeah. lending it out. Like, I never lend my books out, but you can read it so we can talk about it. Please read it quickly. Like within the day would be nice, please. <laughs> yeah, you've got to pick your reader well. You've got to pick them well. Yeah, something that takes a month. Nah, no good. No yeah. good. You've you've read like 20 or books in that time. <laughs> I feel like with that with the twisting gonga was just a book that it was one of my first ever thriller books that I'd read. So I feel like that obviously was part part of it because I was pretty new to the genre, but it was just it was one of those books that made me think realize like women characters female characters don't always have to be good and this and you know like very they could be quite twisted and dark and then obviously the twist is so shocking I was like oh you can write like this you can challenge those like stereotypes and things I think that's why it had such a big impact so sorry I I have answered answered and picked two authors but (laughs) that's fine I'm not strict with my rules yeah you can come to and we'll all have a big brunch together or something and we'll just have a great time <laughs> oh yeah sounds like great fun actually yeah totally in for that <laughs> um so when you're not writing how do you like to spend your time oh I feel like at the minute things are so busy that I'm like what do I do when I'm not writing <laughs> I'm like hmm social media stuff so um yeah I like to do it all I, I think because I enjoy writing so much I, I use a lot of it as my downtime if that makes sense um but I guess we live in Australia and it's really nice to now kind of restrictions have eased a little bit it's nice to go be able to explore a bit more or go out in Sydney and things so I guess just doing the normal stuff but somewhere new like it it's nice to go different places so I'd say traveling is definitely something I want to do more this year yeah, you live in probably one of the most amazing places in the world. So <laughs> I imagine there, yeah. Oh, it's beautiful. It's just um, this time of year is obviously the summer here. So it's so hot and humid. <laughs> and there's a very pale English woman. It's, I'm not very good at it. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it's cold and frosty here. So I have no sympathy, <laughs> none whatsoever. We were talking earlier and I was like, I'm so jealous. Describe the cold. I think you always want what you don't have, do you know, or like to flip into it and go. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I take the heat, just not the humid. Not a fan of humid. Oh, yeah. It's, it's the humid that, that I struggle with. Like the heat, you kind of go, oh, there's air con, or you're out for a little bit, but it's humid and you kind of wake up and then by the end of the day, your hair's like Monica in Friends when she goes away. <laughs> and you just always just don't feel a little bit gross. Like, it's that that I struggle with. And Sydney's nowhere near, like, the top of Australia is really intense for humidity. Like, we went there, we went there when we travelled and I got out of the hotel room and I was like, I don't actually think I can walk. I don't think I can go anywhere in this. <laughs> it was so bad. Beautiful, but very hot. Yeah. Where would your um, top travel destination be when you finally allowed free? Ooh. 
it's such a good question obviously England I'd love to come back home and see my family and friends and also there's so many readers and book people that I'd love to meet um, back in England I feel like that I'd love to if I could um, launch my second book actually in England just so I could get to see people that would be amazing but outside of that um I'd love to go back to Iceland I've been a few times it's where actually where I got engaged and it's just such a beautiful place um it feels really magical if you like like fantasy books or stuff like that like Iceland's a really great place to feel like you're in just another world yeah that's one of my favorites (laughs) yeah (laughs) I know it's supposed to be and they do um an uh, Iceland book festival as well and this guy keeps posting about it and I'm like I'm going to like four already and it's quite expensive but I so want to go <laughs> so oh, I would just a hundred million billion percent recommend it it's just and the people are so friendly just so nice and so welcoming yeah I can't recommend Iceland more there are loads of great places in the world but I just like that's it's a real special place to me so I'm always like I want to go over there I hope you get to go one day me too <laughs> and I hope you get to go back <laughs> fingers crossed fingers crossed and if you're able to travel to any period of time forwards or backwards where would you go oh I love this question um I'd love to go back to like the Victorian era but like you know when you watch Pride and Prejudice that kind of stuff I'd love to be in like a Pride and Prejudice kind of life and I actually imagine if I went back there it would not be as nice as my imagination makes me think it is or you know Keira Knightley and Pride and Prejudice makes me think it is (laughs) but I would love to go back or even um even I feel like World War II times I know it must be really tough but I just bet it was just a really interesting time to be around yeah I felt those quite important historical times I'd like to go there I think the thing with Pride and Prejudice although not so much for Keira Knightley but is if you're rich then it's fine yeah you can't be poor can you when you go back you've got to be rich otherwise you'd just die probably of some horrible disease (laughs) like I don't want to go back as Oliver Twist is how I word it (laughs) I don't want to be the outfit dodger (laughs) I want to be you know some country house and falling in love with a Mr Darcy and having you know a really beautiful kind of countryside life that's that's the style I want (laughs) yeah just read all day float around in dresses and just go to big country houses and yeah I mean who wouldn't want that it's awesome <laughs> yeah and it looks so beautiful yeah I've seen it loads of times I love it oh yeah it never gets old I was I was telling Jack the other day you know the bit where he holds her hand and he was like that hand flex I was like that's the most romantic scene and Jack was like just a man going like this like, oh, you don't understand <laughs> yeah there's so much feeling in that isn't there it's just oh <laughs> it's so nice to talk to someone that gets it because he was like I hold your hand though and I'm like yeah but you don't go like this (laughs) and now if you did you'd just be like what are you doing you weirdo it was like yeah you just don't get it (laughs) we've been together years it's not the same (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) that's what you should do tomorrow after all your other interviews you should do some uh, Pride and Prejudice watching I do actually have the urge to watch it every now and then and then I will because I just love it. Yeah, it's like two hours long or something as well, but it feels like it goes so fast. (laughs) Yeah, it does. Yeah, it doesn't. I think especially when you've seen it and you know what's coming and yeah. Yeah. And you're like, oh, the hand flex is coming. (laughs) (laughs) Favourite scene, rewind. (laughs) 
Yeah, I'm terrible at doing out in The Greatest Showman, actually. I can... oh, love The Greatest Showman. I went to the cinema three times to watch it. <laughs> Which is your favourite song in it? The last one, from now on. Really? Mine's um, Never Enough, you know, the ballad. I, like, I, I think it's just I wish I could sing. wish I could sing like that. And every time I'm just like... <laughs> yeah. But she didn't sing it, did she? Because she was supposed to be the greatest voice and she knew that she couldn't do it justice. So yeah. she just mimes, which is... But yeah, it made me cry the first time I saw it. It's such a good song. Oh, it gets me every time. Oh, that film is me. Now I want to watch The Greatest Showman and Pride and Prejudice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> both of us tomorrow, both like, yeah, totally just watched it both. Yeah. I love that we're like talking about thrillers and crime books and we're picking <laughs> Great Shaman and Pride and Prejudice. Yeah, we did say we were going to talk about books as well and we've already diverted off to films. I don't know how this happens. <laughs> it was... <laughs> I think like it's me. I, don't, I end up just doing going in such segues all the time. I, I think we're both as guilty, to be honest. I think I'm just as guilty. <laughs> yeah, so you're a good interviewer because it just ends up being a real great chat. Yeah, although, you know, we, we do forget to mention books generally, which isn't that helpful <laughs> if you're trying yeah. to sell somebody, you know. But... I like The Girl She Was Before by Jess Kitching. I've mentioned it. <laughs> you have a copy. Can you hold it up? Oh, yeah, I actually do. Because it was, it was early when they started. <laughs> Jack was asleep and... Um, this is our, the books are in the other room, so I was like, I best get one just in case I need it, and I don't have to go in at half six and be like, okay. <laughs> so yes, here it is. I'll put it. Do you want me to keep holding it? Up? Put it down. You can put it down if you want. I'll find your arms and start taking. Yeah, I don't want it to be like this. Here on my hands. If you were stranded on a desert island, what three things would you want with you? Ooh. Um, a sleeping bag so I could have a nap I'm a, I'm a big napper um, I was going to say my phone so I could listen to Spotify but I feel like if you had a phone that kind of defeats it but just somewhere to listen to music um, and then I'm not much of a Kindle reader but I think I'd need a Kindle uh, I, I need something so yeah no food or water but the important things like sleep music and books that I'm fine <laughs> yeah so you're not planning on like escaping you're just like, literally going there to chill and Catch up yeah. on the CBR. Yeah. It sounds quite nice. Sure. It's not like a holiday. I'm not sure what your uh, fiance would think. To... <laughs> he didn't even get anything. <laughs> Jack's probably like, ah, peace at last. <laughs> yeah, see you later. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> I'll rescue you in a week. Mm. Next time. <laughs> yeah. A week? Well, that's not long enough. Give it a month. Yeah, like, I've only read three books. Go back, go back. Yeah. <laughs> I'm fine. It's fine. See the rescue book come in, then you hide. <laughs> yeah, go away. My TBR is still insane. <laughs> I feel like you've told me that many books and authors in this chat that I'm like, it's it's more insane than it was before, and I didn't think it could grow, but it has. <laughs> yeah, and that's that's the tip of the iceberg. Like I could literally tell you loads more, but you know, <laughs> that's plenty to be going on with. You're fine. <laughs> six months time when I'm still going still chipping away and in return I will read your book so I've given you like 10 and I will read one that seems fair right 
<laughs> I don't know you've got that many books to read. Um, I'm like, if me adding another on yours, I'm sorry. <laughs> fine, it's fine. I'm going to live till I'm like 200. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe 250 to tackle them all. Yeah, Seriously, hiatus. One month of nothing and it will be is there a month you'd prefer should you know should we should I send some messages out and be like okay authors we just need a break not really any I think I'm not fussy just yeah I'll see what I can do I mean I don't have much sway or influence but I'll see what I can do (laughs) (laughs) yeah please I just want to catch up like there's so many amazing books I don't think that's a bad thing is it no I mean as a writer it's a compliment that there are that many amazing books out there it's nice to be in that much great company Mm-hmm. definitely so what you um you said you're in the editing stage of book two so then do you know what you're going to do after that probably have like a day or two where I breathe and then um my publisher's really good because we do kind of um cover designs and stuff together so it's very like they obviously design it all like <laughs> I don't design it definitely not but it's very kind of collaborative and like we work on a lot of the stuff together which is really really nice and um, so I think it's going to go to that and then you turn towards like marketing ideas and booking a few things in so I feel there'll be a, a little bit of a break and then I'll have like my final edits my final read through and just double check everything and then it will go to intense kind of promotion time which is exciting though, because it means you get to meet more people and chat. And when are you expecting that to be up? I can say like middle of this year, later on this year. And um, we don't have a specific date just yet, but this year definitely. Awesome. <laughs> um, what, I don't have any more questions for you, and if you think there's anything I haven't asked you in like the last three odd hours that we <laughs> <laughs> you think I should have, you want to test? No, I guess I guess my only thing I'd say is one, I hope people like it. Um, but one of the aims with this book is to talk about kind of the lasting impact of bullying. Um, I'm in a really bright spot here, so you can't really tell, but I've got a facial birthmark on my forehead. Um, yeah, you can kind of see it. Um, and a lot of this book was inspired by kind of experiences um, that I'd gone through or um, just talking to people that had gone through bullying and stuff. So yeah, one of the things is to explore that theme. And um, I'm starting to work with a charity in Australia called Bully Zero to do some more work around that. So fingers crossed, um, kind of helping people realise, you know, it's a long lasting thing. And that also, you know, just spreading kindness is something I definitely like to keep going. So if you read this book and you um, ever want to talk about any experiences or anything, you know where I am. And where are you? And <laughs> um, where can people find out more? And where can I get your book from? I nearly said Australia. I'm in Sydney. I feel like probably the best place to contact me is on Instagram at Jess Kitchen Writes um, or Facebook page Jess Kitchen Writes. Um, I do my best to respond. I'm just a bit more active on Instagram. Um, and then, yeah, my book's available all over Amazon, Waterstones, Barnes and Noble. Um, there's a few kind of indie bookshops in Australia like Better Red Than Dead um, that stock it and Abby's bookshop so there's a few different places um, but if you do want it you can always send me a message and I can send you a link. Yes, well thank you very much. Yeah thank you so much for the, spending this time chatting to me in the interview I've had so much fun. Me too. <laughs>